0: The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. Today, we'll talk about the spiritual needs of cancer patients. Welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with Reverend Percy McCray, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd, and Percy, it's great to be back with you again this week.
1: It is. We're here, excited, and ready to go, my friend.
0: Let's talk about the spiritual needs of cancer patients. You have a lot of experience as a hospital chaplain and now Director of Faith-Based Programs.
1: Cancer patients certainly do have multiple, many varied spiritual needs at the end of the day, even if they're not aware of that fact. And that's an important distinction because... Uh, approaching patients and individuals with cancer really requires an art and a science and a delicacy that starts first with understanding that the average person before you engage a spiritual conversation first should be predicated on a genuine and organic relationship Mm -hmm. that exudes a sense of love and compassion and a sense of humanity. Uh, I think that the art of, of Jesus's ministry when we really read the synoptic gospels is that he really learned how to connect with people first on a very human level, and then he unpackaged the spiritual dynamics of who he was. So with that, that that needs to be the undercurrent of uh, trying to address any spiritual needs of cancer patients needs to come from an organic relationship of love and humanity. And right? I want
0: our listeners to understand, too, that at Cancer Treatment Centers of America, spiritual support is provided as desired by the patient. That is correct. The patient always decides.
1: That's correct. So there may be times that the patient may not want spiritual care or support, but you can still develop a genuine, authentic Relationship of showing love and compassion and concern that may unfold to a spiritual conversation. And we learned that from Reverend Harry Gatwood. Yeah,
0: he's coming up to talk with you in just a moment. But you've learned that yourself, We've, personally. And I,
1: and I know that firsthand. And so with that, it's an important distinction.
0: All right. Take us to Scripture as we open today's program.
1: Well, one of the Scriptures that uh, we'll use with regard to understanding the spiritual needs of cancer patients is found in Deuteronomy 7th chapter and the 9th verse. And it says, "'Know, therefore, that the Lord your God is God.'" He is the faithful God keeping his covenant of love to a thousand generations of those who love him and keep his commandments.
0: At the end of our program today, we'll mention a free resource, The Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients, which we are going to make available to our listeners. And, uh, well, I won't wait until the end. You can download that right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Stay with us for today's guest coming up in just a moment.
2: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit Inspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America, Care that never quits.
0: This is the program: Health, Hope, and Inspiration. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Our host is Reverend Percy McRae. Well, I am excited today. I have with me a dear friend of
1: mine, Reverend Harry Gatwood, who is a chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. How you doing, my friend?
3: Doing very well. Glad to be here on oh, this afternoon. It's
1: good to have it's you. A great I'm excited. day. Uh, You're a chaplain. And uh, over the years, and of course, I'm a chaplain as well. I started out in chaplaincy and and have moved through the process of that. I remember when I started out in chaplaincy 20 years ago, chaplaincy was not a popular thing to be or do. Uh, The perspective of chaplains and the uh, was viewed as I had a patient call me the grim reaper one time when I came to visit them because of the perception of the role of chaplaincy in the healthcare environment that typically patients or caregivers only saw ministers or people of faith at the end of life when things were really bad and negative. You're a chaplain. First of all, why did you become a chaplain?
3: Initially I thought only pastors were chaplains. I was going, going to school, going to, uh, Journalism school, got injured playing football. That same day after my injury, I encountered a pastor's son. This individual said, you know, come to my church. Visited his church, started going to his church, met his pastor. Next thing I know, I'm walking into hospitals, going to prisons, going to hospices, meeting all different types of individuals. And I loved it. My pastor said, hey, son, you need to check out seminary. Seminary, what is this? And then I found out there was more this then seminary there was chaplaincy and then i began going in chaplain school did training so my passion came with meeting people and that's what really brought me into chaplaincy being with people interesting yeah
1: and of course I, in 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 the introduction the opening i stated the perception by some certainly 20 years ago mm-hmm. of what the what people thought chaplaincy was versus certainly with respect mm-hmm. to what you do and because i know where you work and i know who you work with mm-hmm. You certainly do more than just sit and meet with people at the end of life in stages. You're, You're meeting and greeting with patients and caregivers from the very moment that they walk through the front door. Let's talk about the power or the necessity, in your opinion, of spiritual support in a healthcare environment. Percy, one of the first
3: things that I express is you can't have healing without the emphasis of spirituality. So when you add spirituality into the healing process, it only helps usher in that healing. So I find that that's a powerful culmination of spirituality in addition to health care or an individual's well-being is essential.
1: So let me ask you the million-dollar question. I've been asked this question. I've had news people and radio people throw me this curveball. What about those people who don't embrace spirituality? They don't want to be prayed for. They don't want to talk about God in their life. What about those folks? How do you handle and respond to those individuals? That is essential and key.
3: Not everyone wants to speak about spirituality. But oftentimes, just having a relationship with that individual Mm -hmm. helps them find hope, helps them find healing. Spirituality is great. But sometimes they don't want to know about spirituality until they know how much you care about them. Mm -hmm. And that introduces them if they want it to be introduced to uh,
1: spirituality. So you're saying then within the context of the work that you do and where you do it, Mm -hmm. uh, you honor and respect uh, patients right to refuse spiritual support or conversation. To be sincere with you, some of my best relationships with
3: individuals have been persons who did not care at all about the spirituality concept but they more so cared about who are you harry and what can you do for me and i walked along with them through their journey with cancer and now still today they call me they talk to me
1: we are encroaching matters of spirituality but it's not forced upon them Mm. you use the word relationship and again that's the key to the dynamic and maybe that's the thrust and the theme of this show uh not necessarily spiritual support but the power of relationship because again from any basic school of thought of spiritual uh theology whether christian or otherwise It's all formulated around the idea of relationship, relationship, one with themselves, one with their higher power and one with their environment, their world and their community at large. Mm -hmm. How do you um, because it sounds like you understand and you embrace the dynamic of of relationship? How do you build good, uh, healthy relationship with people if you're not if your thrust is not to make them become spiritual or have a spiritual orientation and they're not ready for that how do you build good healthy good solid relationships with people from a humanistic standpoint uh, individuals are
3: more than their diagnosis more than their health issues so you know it might be be as simple as talking about the weather talking about what's going on in their world how are their how's their family uh, meeting them where they are and from their I build that relationship saying, what gives you hope? What are your loves? What makes you go? And as they express those things, we, we build out
1: for those. And that's how relationship is formed. So would it be safe to say then, and I'm, I'm going down this road deliberately, for those who may not be comfortable with the conversation of spirituality and may not necessarily embrace that, the ability to have and to develop good, solid relationships with individuals potentially allows a sense of spirituality to, to unfold to that person in a very natural and organic way. Because again, particularly from a Christian perspective, but again, I think by and large, all basic religious beliefs around the idea of love, forgiveness, again, does good relationship building in that regard theoretically open an organic door for spirituality to blossom in a person's life if they're open to it?
3: Percy you mentioned the key word, love. Loving an individual for who they are, being present with them, showing your concern, uh, being consistent with them uh, when they have their appointments, when they, they come and see their oncologist. This is always helpful because I want to see Harry. And the more they see Harry, the more that relationship is built. Mm. And it ends up being very organic, more so than press saying, I have to go see my chaplain.
1: Got it. So, okay, let's move forward then. You're you're building relationship. That's the that's your calling card. That's really, uh, the dynamic that, that drives your ministry and your approach to the work of your ministry. Love it. I think it's powerful. And I think that if we could get more people to embrace that school of thought versus I'm going to just give them my sense of spirituality, we would probably have very different response by individuals over a period of time. So you, you're, you're mastering that. Let's talk about in the, in the context of cancer. Uh, spiritual support building relationships with individuals how challenging um, is that walk for individuals and and how can how does spirituality when accepted opened uh, and organically uh, introduced, how does that become a real help for people? What does it help them with specifically?
3: we focus on their loves their hopes, so when they are able to connect their loves and their hopes their passions with spirituality. It brings them to a point of saying, this is what makes me keep going. And this is how I'm going to overcome my cancer. This is what's going to help me bring forth my healing And healing comes more so organically when they are focused on not their cancer, not their diagnosis, but knowing that this is more than me and I'm going to live for these reasons
1: define for me you've used this word a couple of times and this is another one of those terms that depending on who you talk to means many different things to individuals define for me from your perspective what is healing what does that mean what does that entail healing it's only
3: something i find that god can do healing not only is necessarily physical but healing can be something spiritual or mental or even physical but i find that all of healing and encompassing of that, that word comes from God or
1: the divine healing again is not necessarily limited to a physical absence of sickness and disease. Let's want to be much more specific when you say only can come from God. Help me out a little more specifically with that. Well, some
3: people say, well, my doctor was the key uh, member in bringing forth healing for me, but I find that God also uses the the doctor, the the medicines, the treatment to help bring forth that healing. So healing is something that does come from God, but God also has agents that he works through
1: that that helps bring forth that healing. And so if I could summarize that, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, healing really is an an overall process that that again cannot be a cookie cutter format, a process of healing means many different things to many different people and has different pathways to accomplish that. And everyone needs to kind of step through that in their own way. But you're saying from your perspective that God energizes, motivates, or provides the ability for one to have an approach, mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual, of moving forward through sickness and disease or whatever dynamic that they're facing? Percy, you're right on it. Healing, I think it comes from a communal perspective. It's
3: not just one individual that brings forth healing, but each individual in their own right helps bring forth the collective healing. And the more you find yourself in community,
1: the more you can engage in that healing. And so then if we could reduce it down to this from a cancer perspective, the cancer community, we need to encourage people to build a good, healthy network of community around themselves to provide and actually facilitate the potential healing of God in their lives that is contributed by many different factors and individuals. Very much so.
3: You need a large support group. It's not just going to be your family. It's not just going to be your oncologist. It's not just going to be your doctor. You might have a neighbor you might need to meet. You might have uh, a brother or sister down the way that you haven't spoke to in a while that you need to call. The community is made up of several peoples that sometimes you don't even think will be engaged in your community.
1: What is the one big big thing, one aha thing that you'd like to share about the effect of spirituality. Again, we're not necessarily talking about religion. We're talking about just the effects of spirituality. And as you defined it, community being surrounded with different uh, resources and people and individuals. What's the one big thing that you want to leave this audience with today about the role and the power and the effect of spirituality in the life of an individual struggling with sickness and disease?
3: The essence of positivity, Uh, to win the fight against any agent or anything that you go through, uh, it starts with the mind. And when your mind can embrace those relationships, can embrace community, uh, and even embracing yourself, that's when you find the fullness of life and you can truly live.
1: Hmm. Wow. Reverend Harry Gatwood, uh, hospital chaplain at the Cancer Treatment Centers of America in Noonan, Georgia. Thank you, my brother, and thank you for the work that you do. Thank
0: you, brother. Glad to be here. Peace be with you. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation about the spiritual needs of cancer patients. That and a free offer to our listeners coming up today on Health, Hope, and Inspiration.
2: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America care that never quits.
0: And welcome back to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Percy, I really appreciated your conversation with Harry Gatwood. Uh, You have to give people room, don't you? Again, the art and
1: science of developing rapport with people and being able to effectively engage them is not so much the information that you want to share and, and, and unfold to them. It is how you connect with people. Human beings are very dynamic creatures, who require connection and relationship. And so we need to give people space and room to naturally and organically relate to us as we attempt to relate to them. And, and we're going to talk about the dynamic of that.
0: Yeah, let's do that right now. Spiritual needs of cancer patients they need to know that God loves them. Well,
1: first and foremost, right off the bat, uh, when we begin to approach a conversation, or broach a conversation with individuals who particularly are hurting, struggling and going through tremendous pain, is that they need to know that God loves them and cares for them. And in many cases, again, I want to go back to the previous point, sometimes people are only measuring the effectiveness of God's love by way how we treat them, how Mm -hmm. they see us, how Mm -hmm. they engage and what they feel from from the tangible that is sitting in front of them. We are the eyes and ears and feet and hands of Christ and we need to be mindful of the fact that when we approach people and engage them they're looking for God in many different ways and in some cases they're looking how we treat them to measure the love of God as we try to remind them that God loves them and cares for them because they're facing pain and despair. Uh, They're struggling through all types of suffering so at the end of the day they're looking somehow to connect back to God's Love, and how is God's love effective for them in the midst of this negative circumstance that they find themselves? Do
0: you encounter people who in any way consider uh, their cancer as a punishment from God?
1: Well, there certainly have been individuals who have initially reacted in that manner. Uh, why me? Uh, I've asked the question and I've, heard, I've preached the message uh, of the question that many cancer patients have asked. Lord, why me? I was a good person. I was a good husband, a good wife. Uh, I did all of the right things. Why me? Why are you punishing me? and then spend a lot of time trying to decompress that and try to come to some type of reconciliation. And in many cases, they will need help in helping them process through that God has not punished them. But as a matter of fact, God is with them and working and helping them through that process at the very moment of their despair.
0: So having that basic understanding that God loves them is step number one in addressing the spiritual needs of a cancer patient. And,
1: and, a, and a scripture that will help to really define this and help us to understand it is Ephesians three. 16 and 19. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. Notice where our power comes from is being rooted and established in the love of God for us. It produces power. Together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. It's
0: true. God loves us. And it's a powerful love. Another need is for them to know that God is bigger than the cancer they're facing.
1: Absolutely. And again, this is an important dynamic. He's bigger and he's more powerful. Oftentimes, people have been conditioned to refer and I challenge individuals to refer as cancer as the big C. Mm. And I want individuals to be challenged around this theological school of thought that if we have Christ accessible in our hearts and in our lives, we have to make a determination on what the big C is in our life. Either it's Christ or it's cancer. And I would suggest to you... (laughs) That Christ is bigger. No contest. Okay, that is a no (laughs) contest at the end of the day. Christ is the big C. And so reminding, empowering, and allowing people to understand that God is more powerful than cancer. People fighting cancer feel frustrated and anxious as their strength is drained through repeated treatments and etc. surgeries, visits from people and doctors. So we need to continue to replenish their strength and their hope in reminding them that, again, at the end of the day, like David who fought Goliath, though Goliath in the natural was bigger than David, David internalized that his God was bigger than his giant. Mm-hmm. And it helps us to be able to face our adversary with core conviction and courage that that God, my God, will supply all of my needs according to his riches in glory.
0: But at the same time, we have to acknowledge there's fear involved here, but there needs to be courage to overcome that fear.
1: And again, as we've talked about on previous broadcasts, really, you cannot really have a true display and disposition of courage. Unless there is fear that has to be challenging you to call upon something greater than yourself, and this is one of the fundamental reasons that developing good relationship with people can naturally unfold to a spiritual conversation within the context of cancer or any type of adversity that a person is facing, because they are realizing that they may not be able to do everything that is necessary in of themselves, but that there is a higher power that they can call upon that's accessible to them, that all they need to do is be able to reach out by faith and begin to utilize that can buoy them above their fear and provide courage for that circumstance.
0: And that's our final point. They need to know that they can trust God.
1: Absolutely. Trusting in God becomes crucial and important because when it's all said and done, People began to run out of what to trust in, what to really have faith in. Uh, okay, my tr- my treatment regimen uh, appears not to be working for whatever reason. Okay, the the things that my doctor told me, though intended well, appears not to be working well today. So you begin to run out of things to have trust in and confidence in and things that you can hold on to. So we know that the hardest part of holding on to faith in God during a battle with cancer is finding the grace to trust That whatever the outcome, whether there's a complete recovery or not, God's plan is good and just. The good news is for believers, regardless of what happens on this side of planet Earth, I cheated and you cheated, Wayne. I read the end of the book and we win. (laughs) We win. We have victory either on this side or on the other side of glory. (laughs) We ultimately get the victory and get the last laugh. And we can trust in that who provides that, and that is our Lord and our God, because he's promised unto us every good and perfect gift comes from him, and that we can rely upon, my friend.
0: Proverbs says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, and all your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. I think
1: it says it all at the end of the day. We can trust in our God. Amen.
0: Amen. That's it. Our time is up for this week's edition of Health, Hope, and Inspiration, but we have a free resource for you. Our conversation just now has been summarized in this resource called Spiritual Needs of Cancer Patients, and if you'd like a copy, download it right now at healthhopeandinspiration.com. We'll see you next week. And inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America.
2: If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease. Evidence-based therapies like nutrition, naturopathic medicine, and pastoral care to maintain strength and quality of life. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use leading-edge technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Care that never quits.